cool. Well, um, it's kind of good, kind of good. It has its benefits speaking. Can you just make that a bit higher, Lani? Um, I don't know, just a little bit higher. That'd be great. Like, for me, often when I get the chance to um, come up and communicate a thought, that's great. Um, it's usually something that I'm processing myself and usually something that I'm, you know, I'm trying to chew on. And I guess it forces in some way me to complete that process, like to actually, um, yeah, just dig a bit deeper and dig a bit harder and really try and put some level of a bow on a thought or a thing that God's doing. So I guess I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to um, communicate, I guess, some of what God's been speaking to me about. And I guess over Easter we had the chance to go away over Easter and... Um, not be stuck in work thoughts and, and uh, the busyness of the everyday. And I just found myself in, I guess, quite a reflective season. Um, and for those who don't know, I've, you know, for the last 30 years I've had a business and we've recently sold it and um, I'm still involved with it. But it's got me thinking about what's next, you know, like what's this next season? I'm sort of at an age and stage where it's like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a something else in me. And so what's the next chapter? What's the next season look like? What am I going to do? And, and I'm a bit of a geek. Um, some geeks out there might appreciate this as well. But I started thinking it through the lines of ROI. So it's a return on investment. I'm like, what would I do that would make a great kingdom return on investment? You know, and I started reflecting on... I actually even, I admit, I even grabbed my iPad and I'm, write, I'm writing down different seasons of my life and I'm like, and, and just trying to measure some sense of what kingdom impact did that have, which once I started it, I realised how farcical and silly that was. But, um, but I guess I've looked, what was interesting was like, I guess I've looked at certain seasons in my life where I felt like I was shooting the lights out you know, where I felt like things were going well, business was going well, you know, we were able to do things that, you know, were perceived, you know, by the communities we were in as really good things and great things and, and yeah, and so I was like, you know, that must have been really kingdom impactful, must have been a good ROI season and as I sort of looked at it, I was like, I don't know, I don't know if that was that impactful at all, I don't know if that was more about serving the kingdom or more about serving me, you know, was I looking for an identity piece in, you know, the things that we were able to be a part of there and, and was that was that really, you know, was it as much about me as it was about trying to serve God in any way? And um, it just had me wondering, you know, what would God's version of success look like? What would God's version of kingdom impact look like? How would he view those seasons and how would he view this next season for me? You know, how would he, what would, what would matter to him? What would he think was really valuable and what would he think was, you know, was a win? Um, and I think, you know, I recognize too, and I don't, I don't know if this is just a guy thing, but, you know, I recognize as I, as I sort of look at some of these, I guess, areas I'd, I'd, you know, um, well, as I look at kingdom impact, I recognize that there's a part of me that wants to be the hero of the story, you know, like I want to put the cape on, I want to, you know, it's a bit of a guy thing maybe, but it's like, we want to rescue the damsel in distress. We want to, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound and, you know, do big things. And, you know, I wondered how much of um, 
the challenges as I considered what the next season looked like for me, how much of an obstacle was it that I actually wanted to be the hero of that story, you know, that I didn't want to just allow God to let me him use me in whatever small part or big part he wanted to. And I guess as I was pondering these things, it was over Easter. So, of course, you know, front and centre is Jesus and the cross and, you know, the the resurrection and that's all front of mind. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, thinking about that, like, you know, kingdom impact. You couldn't have any more kingdom impact than that act that Jesus did that he, you know, died on, died, died on the cross for us. And, and I, was, I, was, I was looking at, yeah, just looking at through that lens and like, well, somehow that seemed like a really big win. Like that seemed like a really, not seemed like, that was. That was like the biggest win, the biggest kingdom win we could think of would be, you know, the act of, of, of Jesus dying for us and, and being resurrected. And, and yet when I look at that, you know, Jesus was mocked. He was beaten. He was persecuted. He was humiliated as he was trialed, you know, and ultimately murdered on a cross. And somehow that was a win, you know, somehow that was a good thing. And I, I, I was looking at that situation too and, you know, again through this lens of, you know, the way I think and I'm like, man, I can get it. I can get that God would have got, got, get that Jesus would have gone through those horrible trials and for the end game. But after the end game, when he came up from the dead, wouldn't you just want to vindicate yourself? Wouldn't you just want to go back to those mockers and go, you know, I'm back, you know, like go back to the guys who split up his coat and go, hey, I think you got something of mine there, you know. Go back to Pilate and, you know, like, how you doing? You know, like, that. that's me. I, I would, I'd be like, I want to vindicate myself. I want to show you that I was the man and that you were wrong and, you know, and yet none of that happens. You know, in fact, Jesus just quietly, you know, he appears to his disciples and to a few of his core followers and then he just disappears back to back to heaven. And I guess, you know, as I look through that, it's it starts to make me wonder what God's version of a win is. You know, what is his version of success? How different is it to how I see the world and how I would, what I would call a win, what I would call a, a good thing? So I'm spending some time um, just asking God about this season I'm in and a little bit before, um, this has been going on for about a month or so and it was actually a little bit before we went away down uh, over Easter that I was I was asking him around um, just some situations I was facing that uh, I would say didn't look like I was winning in. Certainly by my measure, um, probably by most measures, He'd say, man, there's a few situations that are happening around me at the moment that I would say we're losing in, we're not winning. We've had some wins, but there's a few others that, you know, that even collectively I know, you know, it's like it feels like, are we winning here? Like, is this actually a win? Because it feels like it's a loss. It feels like it's not a win, you know. And so I was asking God about some of these practical situations um, and going, God, you know, like, what's the go with this? Like, what are you doing here? And one of the things that um, he said to me, which I found hugely frustrating, you know, in my time with him, he says, I'm raising you up, Glenn, I'm raising you up. Now, I've heard that like over a five or six year period, I've heard that so many times that 
and and as far as I'm concerned, practically speaking, he's not doing a very good job of that. You see, so because by my version of raising you up, I'm like, and so I did. I was like, oh, raising me up, whatever. Like you know, like sure you're raising me up. All right, all right. Maybe maybe my version of raising up is not yours. So okay. Let me just not have my little tanty. Let me go back to you and go, all right, God, clearly my version of being raised up is not the same as yours. So can you tell me how you're doing that? Tell me what you're doing here. And it was a bit of a clunker because he goes, by humbling you. It's like, oh, okay. And I just, you know, when you have, you know, you hear about these stories of life's flashing across people's, you know, view before they die. It was like in that moment, I just had these, you know, these verses come to mind, you know, that there's humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he might raise you up, you know, and, and, and situations that I could see, you know, I was just like, okay, I think you're not ready to raise me up because you're not done humbling me, you know. Yeah, and I think what God's trying to show me is that um, my metrics of measuring his impact, my metrics of measuring his ROI on kingdom impact are pretty different than his. You know, he's not, his biggest priority, and I can get really caught up in this, but his biggest priority isn't the, the business I'm involved in, the project I'm working on, the... The, the ministry I'm involved in. You know, I think his biggest priority is my relationship with him and moulding me to become more like his son. And we can see in the story of the cross that his son's idea of what a win looks like looks pretty different than mine. You know, his ways are not my ways. We've got that verse in Isaiah that came to mind, which might come up. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It made me wonder what situations I'm facing and we're facing, because I know you're in this with me, some of you, a lot of you, maybe all of you. <clears throat> I wonder what situations that we are facing that we would call and deem unsuccessful, that as God looks at it through the lens, that he measures things, that he would say, wow, this is so successful. This is a highly successful season. And yet I would measure it, you know, in my pride that, you know, this is not good. This is not great. This is not not the way I would do it. So it mustn't be good, right? And yet I wonder how many of these situations that we're enduring or experiencing, that God would go, man, that is just a 10 out of 10 win that I would call a 10 out of 10 loss. Hmm. As I go back to my desire to be the hero in the story, it's like, all right, well, you know, if it's not that hard to look in the Bible and see that, you know, God's a God of heroes. There's, there's so many hero stories. There's no lack of hero stories in the word of God. And, and um, but as I start to look at some of these and think of these, you know, Gideon, Moses, Shadrach, what was it? Shadrach, Meshach and into, into bed you go. That was what my dad used to say. Shadrach, Meshach, shake your bed, make your bed and into bed you go. That's right. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, Joseph, you know, as I consider these stories, 
I started to look at some of these stories that I would look at as these are heroes of the faith. These are guys that made a big impact. These are guys we're still talking about today for the acts that they did, you know, in some cases thousands of years ago. But you look at some of the, the consistencies in their stories. You know, you've got Gideon, you know, he's, he's, he's hiding in the well. You know, Gideon, you know, I think we all know the story. Gideon goes on, you know, 300 people, you know, slaughters 10,000, you know, starts with X many people and then goes down to 300 people and wins. But this is the guy that, you know, when the angel Lord comes to tell him that it's his job to go and um, defeat the whatever ites it was, Midianites or someone, some ites, and, um, you know, he's hiding in the well. He's shaking in his boots. He's scared. He's like, this can't be me. This is not me. I'm not going to go do this. You know, he, he, he knew that he did not have what it takes to do what it was that God was asking. You know, Moses, another one, you know, the reluctant leader, the stammerer, the stutterer, you know, another dude, the murderer, you know, and he's another dude that's like, I don't have what it takes to do what it is that you're asking. You know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are a little bit different, but, you know, they were willing to look like they lost because one of the things that they said before they went into the furnace when they were up against King Nebuchadnezzar is they said, they said, our God is able to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, you know, they were willing to, they, they didn't have to win in the eyes of man here. You know, it was like, well, even if he doesn't, he's still who he says he is and, and, and he's still our God. You know, Joseph, you can imagine... As a, as a teenager, you know, imagine the, the um, abandonment issues, the horror, you know, to know that your, your teenage or your brothers, the people that should be closest to you, you know, left you for dead and, um, yeah, and didn't, you know, were happy that you'd be either dead or in a pit or taken away as a slave like that. That just must have been crushing, crushing for that guy. But anyway, so he endures these horrible circumstances and then somehow he's on the up and up and then back to jail, you know, back to jail and he's again in there for however many years, seven years or however many years it was that he's in there and again went through just incredibly hard times but remained faithful to God through all of this. And I guess as I think about this, all these stories, they've got this consistent thread that people that God used to achieve incredible things they either didn't believe they had what it took, so they didn't. They, there was no pride in them, and they didn't. They they were coming into their situations with an absolute, um, an absolute belief that they did not have what it takes to do what it was that God had for them, or they found themselves in really terrible situations where God molded them and um, grew things in them so that they could handle the things that God had for them in the future. And so there seems to be this humbleness, this humbling, whether either they had it in the, you know, like a Gideon and a Moses in the first place where they knew they didn't have what it takes or God took them through a really difficult season where they recognised that, you know what, it's only God that gets this done. And it just, you know, that verse I, I said before, it comes from 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honour in his service at the appropriate time. You know, there's a pattern there with all those stories and they're big stories and there's so many more of them, you know, where God's used someone unbelievably but there's been a humbling first before he's been able to, or a humbling that existed already before he was able to 
bring them at the appropriate time to serve him. You know, for, for those who were child, children of the 80s and maybe those who have an affinity for the 80s, um, you may remember the Karate Kid. We all know the Karate Kid, do we? Yes, Aaron does. Wax Exactly, that's my point. So, so wax on, wax off, right? Wax on, wax off. It seemed like such a stupid thing. Like, do we know the story? Like, Mr Miyagi, Daniel's son, is like, you know, you want, like Daniel's son's trying to become this great karate champion and this fighter, and Mr Miyagi's like, wax on, wax off, you know, and he's got him buffing cars. You know, it seemed like such a stupid task. But what Daniel's son didn't realise he was doing was he was learning skills in that moment that were going to equip him for exactly what Mr Miyagi had for him. You know, we can't see what it is that God sees. You know, we, we, we tend to focus, I too, I tend to focus on such a short horizon. You know, it's what am I feeling today? What am I experiencing this week? What am I experiencing this month? But I wonder how we'd view our today if we knew what it was that God was building in us right now, in this moment, in our wax on, wax off moment for the future. You know, wouldn't hard things become much easier? Difficult seasons actually become something to press into and lean into? You know, losses seem like wins. You know, I read a really good book recently, um, which if you're in, if yeah, anyway, I read a good book recently. Read it, don't read it. Faith-Driven Entrepreneur. If you're in business, I'd highly recommend you read it. It really connects with business and faith. Um, but in that book, there's a, there's a term that they used um, and called faithful versus willful. There was just a term that they explained, faithful versus willful, and it really connected with me um, because what the author goes on to describe, and I, I've seen this in my own life, I've seen this in other lives, where the author goes on to describe that you can be 100% about fulfilling God's will and his call on your life. You can, you can make that your, your MO, but you can also be 100% trying to do it in your own strength. You know, And I think um, I can relate to that. I can take confidence for things people have heard for me or I've heard for me or seasons of, you know, um, just clarity where I just know that I know that God's got this thing for me and then I can grab that bat and run in my own strength and wondering why the heck God isn't blessing it. You know, wondering what is it that he's doing? You've said this about this. You've said you're going to do this. You said this is what life's going to look like. What the heck? Where are you? What are you doing? But maybe if I look behind me, I'd realise he's way back there. And he didn't want me to be running way up there. And he's got some humbling to do before he's ready for me to, you know, carry on the torch for what he's got for me. There's a quote that um, might come up on the screen, which I really liked. It says it well <clears throat> from this book. It says, God's end game is not your growth, your business, your profit, your loss, your anything. It's that all would trust in him. Faithfulness is following this mission doing our part but leaving the results to God. Willfulness is making sure the mission gets accomplished in our way, on our timeline, through our efforts. We must come to the point where God is our resource, where God is our provider. It's God's plan and we will help accomplish his purpose in his way, in his time and through his methods. That's a big, 
it's a big shift, isn't it? Like it doesn't even – I think the interesting thing with this is from the outside looking in, it might not look that different between those two, you know, like a ministry doing um, – in its own strength might look really good. It might look really like it's, 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 it's hitting the sweet spot. And yet, you know, God's like, you know, I want to do it my way, my timeline, my way, my efforts, not yours – and I want to show you that I'm your provider. I'm the one that does it. It's a big shift in that. So I guess as I was looking at that, is I'm just I'm thinking, is it possible that our focus is off? You know, are we right now in the middle of an incredible season that God is so proud of, that he sees as so integral and yet we can't see it, we don't want it, we're keen to be through it because we want to get to the winning bit. <laughs> You know, is it possible that the season that we would despise is actually the season that he would love, that he would think is fantastic and is growing wonderful things for what he has for us in the future? And does my pride, does our pride have us rejecting this season as not necessary? You know, it's not the way we'd do it. It's not, it doesn't make much sense to us, so why would he do it that way? <clears throat> mm. So we're going to break off into a couple of groups or into whatever groups, groups of five, six, whatever, you know the drill. And, and um, we're going to ask some questions. We're going to talk about <clears throat> a couple of questions and then we'll come back and I'll wrap it up. But, um, but I wanted to know, it would be interesting to know how we would view the season we're currently in. You know, what's your view right now of the season that you're currently in? You know, like I think of... I think of, you know, this is, applies to everyone. I think of, you know, you dudes in high school. You know, it's like the season you're in can feel pretty pointless for the big picture of life. And it's like, well, how do, how, do we view, how do we view this season? And then what would God say about this season? You know, take a moment to think what he might say about this season. So we're going to go into our groups. The questions are up on the TV. No, 100%. I agree. Like, like there's lots of winning by my version of winning in the stories of God. And so it doesn't mean the fact that you're losing is that it's actually of him and a purpose. It could be because I'm completely on the wrong track. But, but um, yeah, and we've all got different um, lenses that we see life through and, and probably mine needs greater correction in that area than others, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it might be good, a good idea, like it's hard, it's a big question to say, hey, God, what would you say about this season and then expect that that would occur in a 15-minute conversation. So, you know, maybe a good one to pop on, on the list of things to be asking God about this week, you know, like how would you see the season I'm in? Is this, you know, is this of you or not of you, you know? Are you making me or, 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 or is this just me off on a tangent and it's got nothing to do with, you know? your purposes and plans um yeah i guess just to wrap it up i i, I did want to um i think in some ways the bar and again maybe this is just the way i see things but you know we talked about the hero of the story and the the cape and you know the big things and you know it's like um you know while god absolutely works in those situations there's lots of stories and there's great stories around that i wonder how much he could be using us right now that we're maybe not giving credit to. 
you know, and, 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 and what is our opportunity today and this week to be used and to be not looking for this distant thing of the future or this horizon of hope, but rather, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm where I am right now and no matter what, I can be used and no matter what, I can serve his purposes. And, you know, I guess I was reminded of that as I was, as I was thinking about this and, and just reading some verses. And these are some of my, my favourite verses that, um, that are here now. So Matthew 5... 13 in the message talks about being salty you know let me tell you why you're here you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the god flavors of this earth if you lose your saltiness how will people taste godliness you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage you know and i I just think you know we can't underestimate the place that god has positioned us right now you know this week you are positioned all of us are positioned somewhere you know, and we all have the opportunity to be salt and light in those environments. And, you know, let's not um, despise small things or things that we might see small. Let's not underestimate the significance and the difference that you can make in those environments just by being you and just by being led by him. You know, I think of some of the things that um, maybe would be deemed, you know, not huge not huge calls or whatever, but I think, you know, like motherhood's a classic, right? You know, like, but mums, what a, like it's, as as we've all seen through, you know, some of the courses we've done, like the significance of good parenting, my gosh, like it's just so big. Like it's so big to, to, to be a great parent is a wonderful thing and it will affect your kids and their kids and their kids' kids by what you're doing right now as a, as, 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 as a mum, as a dad. You know, these are these are big things. Um, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to own a business. You know, you don't have to own a business to change the culture of a business. You can be an employee within a business and completely change the culture just by being who it is that you are, that God's called you to be. Um, and you know, of course, you know, being in business, if you if you know those who have got their businesses, you can create salty work environments. You know, env- environments that taste a little bit different that people go what is it about this place there's just something a bit different about this place and it doesn't have to be this you know like preach huge spiritual thing it can just be like it's a really you know it's just a values driven ethical place to work that you know there's really good people that want good things for me you know like that it could be as simple as that and so I just wonder are we you know are we underestimating the role that we can play today that serves God's purposes right in the position that we're in today this week in whatever that might be you know not tomorrow not yesterday like right now like can we be used like we can we can be too I can be too aspirational about you know what the future looks like and what the horizon looks like but what does it look like right now and um you know, Rome, I've, I've, I, I don't know if there's many messages I'd preach without using this first because it seems to come up a lot for me, but I really love it. I love the message version of it, but I'll finish on it. Romans 12, 1 to 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. 
God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I just reckon that's just got it all there, for me anyway. <laughs>